It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Miami Dolphins have a new backup quarterback for the 2023 season after signing free agent quarterback Mike White. But what does the tape across a handful of starts say about Mike White and his potential fit with this Dolphins offense? That is our subject here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins that first listen of the day. Today is Saturday, May 20th, 2023. Dropping another show on you guys. Special shout out to the everydayers who keep it locked in on a daily basis. Today on the show, the objective is to explore in depth quarterback Mike White. Mike White, obviously a part of this free agent class signed in March with Miami on a two-year deal to be the Dolphins backup quarterback. And while we certainly hope we don't have to see Mike White take any snaps during the regular season or the postseason in 2023 for the Dolphins. Uh, recent history would say that we'll probably see at least a couple of short stretches of Mike White taking snaps behind center, uh, given the durability questions and inconsistencies of Tua Tagovailoa throughout the early portions of his NFL career. So to be prepared, I check the tape. I looked at a handful of starts from 2021, a handful of starts from 2022, with the objective being, how does Mike White fit within the confines of what the Dolphins, we assume they're going to do offensively and what they showcase they wanted to be with Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungvaloa, and of course, this explosive cast of receivers and weapons around him in the passing game. So... We'll start with Mike White and his background while also reiterating just one more time with all due respect to Mike White, I hope we don't have to see him, right? Because that means the Dolphins would have consistent quarterback play, wire to wire. But if Mike White needs to play, what does it look like? Well, Mike White was a fifth round pick out of Western Kentucky, 171 overall by the Dallas Cowboys back in the 2018 NFL Draft successful career at the college level, started at USF, is originally from Pembroke Pines. So this is a South Florida native. And obviously, uh, him having a chance to come back to Miami is something that uh, you've probably seen a picture of him as a kid wearing a Dolphins uh, get up and, and is is probably very, very cool for, for Mike. And Mike started five games as a true freshman at USF, played his first two seasons there before transferring to Western Kentucky and proceeded to put up 63 touchdown passes in two seasons as a starter, participated in the 2023 Senior Bowl, gets himself drafted in the fifth round, and was considered to be a pretty toolsy, albeit raw quarterback who played 
on a lower level of competition at a mid-major program and uh, played in a spread offense at the college level that you had some questions about what would translate and what would not. And I think the pathway for Mike White, having played a year in Dallas, uh, having played a few years in New York, having gotten a smattering of starts, uh, all within an offensive infrastructure that has parallels to what the Dolphins are going to ask him to do. Obviously, Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach, former assistant with the Shanahan system in San Francisco, Mike LaFleur was the offensive coordinator across Mike White's two seasons in New York with the Jets, and that's off the same tree. And you'll see the, the zone rushing offense. You'll see the naked play-action passing game. You'll see the deep crossers. Uh, you'll, you'll see some quick throws to the perimeter. A lot of that stuff that shows up on Miami's tape is the same kinds of stuff, pre-snap motion, condensed formations and mixing with spread formations and getting skill players that aren't wide receivers out on the boundary to try and get some pre-snap tells. You see all that stuff on tape. I watched Cincinnati, which was Mike White's first start. He became the first New York Jets quarterback to pass for 400 yards in a game since Vinny Testaverde did it in his first career start, which was a home win against the Bengals in 2021. I watched Indianapolis, which was a Thursday night football game in 2021. He played the first two possessions of the game, had a forearm injury, had to miss the rest of the football game, watched the following week against the Buffalo Bills. That was not a strong performance. The offense struggled. There were some turnovers there. And then I watched the starts from this year as well when, you know, Joe Flacco starts the year, Zach Wilson comes back, Zach Wilson plays bad, Mike White comes in, is a jolt of energy, suddenly the team looks like it's got a little bit of life offensively, and then he gets banged up again, and the Jets don't score a touchdown in their final three games of the regular season. So you got a two-year sample size of, like, a lot of different options at quarterback and seeing Mike White play in the midst of all those other quarterbacks in the same situation, I think was very helpful. You got to see him contrasted to Zach Wilson. You got to see him contrasted to Josh Johnson. You got to see him contrasted, uh, whoever, Strievler, the, the Tim, right-handed Tim Tebow <laughs> that uh, the Jets have rolled out there. So the Jets, a lot of turnover the last couple of years. Obviously, that's why they made the move to go trade a bunch of draft capital for Aaron Rodgers and, and try to get some stability even in the short term. But that means Mike White, who is an expiring contract, is free to sign with the Dolphins and come down and you know be a member of this team for potentially the next two seasons as the backup quarterback. And I have a lot of encouraging reps that I want to point out. And I'm not going to compare them to Tua. I think that's very important for me to emphasize here because this is a show about the backup quarterback and the starting quarterback is a quarterback who's gone through a lot of stuff uh, he's had a lot of calls for his job he's had a lot of calls for the team to go in a different direction in the early portions before he ever had a chance to prove himself I don't want to measure Mike White against Tua because stylistically they're different players Tua Tungvalo is much more quick twitch he's much more compact uh, I'd say they're comparable as athletes, but but Tua is probably a little lighter on his feet. I would say his footwork is much crisper. I would say his anticipation is stronger, his accuracy. Uh, Mike White's got a little bit more of a live arm. I think it, it kind of makes him a wild card if he has to step in and play in any stretch of time. But who I really want to compare him to is Skylar Thompson because that was the player who took the snaps 
and obviously Teddy Bridgewater aside and out of the picture because we couldn't get Teddy to play more than three quarters in a row before getting hurt and missing significant amounts of times and thrusting a seventh round pick into the starting lineup, despite the fact that you're paying Teddy to be your backup quarterback, uh, $6 million for him to not take snaps. The comparison is Mike White to Skylar Thompson that I want to focus on because the offense will and can do things with Tua Tungvaloa that it probably can't do with a lot of other quarterbacks because of the style of play that Tua Tungvaloa has and how they have tailored the offense in that regard. It's, a, it's not an off-the-rack suit. It's a tailored custom suit. This offense is a tailored custom suit to Tua Tungvaloa. So expecting you to pick it up off the rack and put it on anybody else and have the same outcome is not a realistic outcome in my mind. So what can you do to keep the offense between the lines if you're inserted into this offense and how big of a menu and a palette can you have to execute concepts? That's what we're going to talk about here as we continue this episode of Locked On Dolphins. But before we do, have to tell you about our friends over at Built. Built is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are absolutely positively delicious. They are high in protein, high in fiber, but low in calories and low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars, and they're absolutely positively delicious. It's the life hack you didn't know you needed. You can use it for meal replacement. You can use it for grab and go. You can use it for post-workout. You just want to eat something delicious. You name it. Go to built.com. Get a variety box. Go to Walmart. Go to the pharmacy section. Get yourself a four-bar box. Or go to Sam's Club and get the big box and help yourself on the way home and thank us after you do. Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club, pick yourself up a box of the world's most delicious protein bar. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In comparison to Skylar Thompson, uh, you, you can look at Mike White's career production, and you can see a passer rating of 75, and you could see 12 career interceptions um, and be underwhelmed, and the 2-5 and five record as the starter, and I get all that. I would also say two of the interceptions that he threw in his, his first career start against the Bengals, there was uh, one that hit his running back in the helmet on the check down, and there's another one that uh, he probably got hung out to dry by Jamison Crowder with a, a delayed release on an in-breaking route against soft coverage that uh, kind of gave up the angle. So there's some context there with the, the, the turnovers as well. But you see some really nice flashes. But more importantly, what I think you did see, while acknowledging that the Jets offensively with Mike LaFleur kind of put some scheme throws into the offense. They kind of designed some touches some perimeter screens, some quick throws. There weren't a lot of exotic reads, but you saw some full field progression. You saw some one through three progression. You saw a lot of high-low reads of individual zone defenders. And you saw an execution, a baseline execution 
of fundamental quarterback play. So if you want to get into the b- debate of what the ceiling is of Skylar Thompson versus the ceiling of Mike White, I think you could have that conversation. And if you objectively sat down and watched them, you could come out with, with a number of different levels of faith that you have in any of the outcomes that you would want to go to bat for. But right now, Mike White executes an NFL offense at a significantly higher level of consistency than what Skylar Thompson does. Seeing reads on time, getting the ball out of his hands, getting the ball to the checkdowns underneath. If we're going to go through our progressions and our one, two, and it's not there, it's down to the back. You consistently saw Mike take advantage of zone coverage and a lot of depth to quickly get through his progressions, be disciplined, get the ball out. I think he's got a stronger arm than Skylar Thompson does. You saw some instances where he had protection busts, and he's got free runners coming up the A-gap and the B-gap, and they turn him loose. The Jets' offensive line turned him loose on Mike White a number of times. And he's got guys bearing down on him, uh, and he has the ability to fade away from pressure and throw with velocity to a degree that probably is the strongest of any of the quarterbacks on the roster. I think he's tough. He, I mean, he's a big guy, six foot five, 225 pounds. He played through five broken ribs uh, towards the end of the season for the Jets in 2022. Tough as nails. Um, now, he's endured some injuries throughout the course of his two stints with the Jets to be inst- installed into the offense as the starting quarterback, and you're mindful of that. Um, but that's where the ability to get the ball out of your hands quickly and execute schemed throws and make your baseline reads and be disciplined to go through progressions is important. I think he does that at a higher level than Skylar Thompson did last year. And obviously you you don't have to compare him to anybody other than the other quarterbacks that the Jets played with to see that there was a certain level of catalyst for the Jets having some playmakers and getting the ball in space that he took advantage of. Well, they did some RPO-type stuff with him. You saw some ability to work the mesh point and then throw glance over the middle of the field. He didn't have the level of consistency that Tua Tungavaloa did in that regard. I, I think Tua is much more accurate and is much more timely. Mike's a little longer with his delivery because he's a bigger guy, right? So just your anatomical levers are longer. Unless you have plus-plus-plus anticipation, it's going to be hard to match the, match the pace of the rate in which the ball is out against zone coverage in the middle of the field versus Tua because Tua is more compact, he's more quick-footed, and he's got really, really good anticipation. So that's a level of Mike White's game that you saw him take some shots and didn't necessarily connect on them, but there was a willingness to try them that maybe the team thinks that they could continue to to cater to and develop and try and get uh, more positive results out of as he goes. But um, he's he's not really an athlete, from the sense that he's not going to beat you with his legs. I think Skyler has an advantage in that regard. Um, But he is somebody who can extend plays and fade from pressure and still has the ability to access certain shots down the field. I think he does a pretty good job of keeping his eyes down the field. When he feels pressure around him, he does slide within the pocket. And it was just really pleasantly surprising to see kind of this, the, the moment wasn't too big. He's got seven career starts. And the moment was not too big. Anytime that he was installed into the lineup, he threw for 400 yards against the Bengals in his first career start in a game that had a fourth quarter comeback. And late in that game, in the first half of that game, they had third down uh, 
uh, inside the 10, and they got a true zero look, and the protection busts, and you've got a free runner coming through the A or the B. Uh, first, it's the B, and then Elijah Vera Tucker, the rookie guard, kind of peels off the defensive tackle to pick off the linebacker, but now the, the defensive tackle is running free at you in a free pressure situation, and it's cover zero on the back end. It's just man, oh, man. And you get Braxton Berrios running a deep out, a speed out against a safety into the end zone and fading away from that pressure, throwing to the front pylon. He hits Braxton Berrios in stride for a double toe tap in for a touchdown to steal critical seven points in a game that the Jets would go on to win by three uh, at the end of the football game. And like moments like that, the closest thing that I think you could draw to for what Skyler did last year was against the Jets in the season finale when he had a third down and he was backed up in his own inside his own 20. He's rolling to the sideline and he hits Tyreek Hill for a first down conversion. Like that was probably Skyler's biggest flash moment. Um, Mike White has more of them. I think he has more shots down the field. I think he has a better ability to stand in tall against pressure and shoot the ball down the field and attack down the field, but also having a level of discipline to quickly identify when those opportunities aren't there and get the ball into the hands of his backs. And with Devon A-Chain and Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, you'd like to think there's going to continue to be some opportunities for these ball carriers out of the backfield to make some plays. And A-Chain has a potential to totally transcend what that role within this offense is. So again, we're hoping we don't see Mike White. His 307 career pass attempts, but a lot of really nice flashes in a similar offensive system. I think that's the most important thing. And that's the biggest difference between Skylar Thompson at Kansas State, Teddy Bridgewater, and all the places that he has been, is there is a familiarity with the key principles of why we're doing what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish with our pre-snap stuff and then our post-snap reads. And that has me uh, pretty encouraged with seeing what I saw from Mike White and getting the sense that this is a player unlike what I think the Dolphins got when Tua Tungvaloa missed time last year, case in point by the record that they posted. As long as you protect the football, there is a level here that I think puts you in a position to keep your head above water for a stretch of however many short weeks that you may need to to bridge if your starting quarterback is going to miss time. What is the ceiling of the offense? That's the last thing that I want to cover, and that's the last thing we are going to cover here on Locked on Dolphins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I kind of wish the Dolphins did more of this in the past uh, with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater last year. It felt like they didn't. It just kind of felt like they continued to try to call what 
they were calling, uh, what they wanted to be on any given week, regardless of who was a quarterback. But I thought Mike LaFleur and the Jets did a really nice job of finding some quick completions. And, I mean, he's throwing to uh, Tyler Croft in one game, got a lot of run, uh, who, of course, is on the Dolphins now. Braxton Berrios got some run. Uh, but Keelan Cole's getting a lot of run with Mike White in 2021. Obviously, they had the addition of Garrett Wilson in the draft in the 2022 draft, and that helps. But the receiving core from the 2021 stretch, which was 132 attempts, which he completed 67% of his passes, five touchdowns and eight interceptions, passer rating of 75.1. It's not Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert, Devon A. Chain, Jeff Wilson, Cedric Wilson. Like, I, I think the Jets have a competitive group of skill players this year, but of course Mike White's not in that this year. He's with Miami. But I'd, I would make the argument that Miami's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, Devon A. Chain, are players that are better players to have scheme touches for because of just how explosive they are after the catch and how fast they are. Waddell was fifth in the NFL and runs after catch yards throughout the course of the entire season. Of course, that was a number that Miami did as a team didn't produce what they wanted to, but Waddle had some really big moments. The Bills game down the stretch, the Packers game down the stretch. So getting quick completions, getting your playmakers the ball in space as compared to leaning into the RPOs quite so heavy, trying to work the mesh point and work conflict defenders and throw with anticipation. Mike White has shown a baseline level of executing that, so I don't think you have to take it off the menu if you wanted to do the same things that you've done in the past, and I think you'd probably do a, a better job of executing it than Skylar Thompson. But if you're going to run, if, if you're going to lean into your Jimmys and Joes, right, your Jalens and Tyreeks, if you will, as compared to the X's and O's, and you're just going to say, hey, you know, we don't have our starting quarterback for this game or for this half or however long. Let's let our athletes, our premier players, be premier players, and let's just run some stuff that's going to get the ball in their hands and let them make stuff happen. I think the execution of that level of offensive play at the quarterback position, I trust Mike White at the line of scrimmage. I trust Mike White to make a, a, a read against a corner when you're trying to high-low that player and make the proper read. I trust him to be on time, and if he's got to get the ball out of his hands and work to his checkdowns, he'll have the discipline to do that. He showed the ability to do that. Or that was not something Miami consistently got at any level when it wasn't to a Tonga last year. And I think that's the ceiling for this offense is you could really just let your playmakers take over and be playmakers. Again, I'll say it again. In a perfect world, we don't see Mike White at all this year. But in the, in the sense of being prepared for anything, we check the tape. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can keep it locked in here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked on Network. And make sure you hit subscribe, follow along on the channel. You can find us on YouTube, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Shout out to the everydayers. Make it a great rest of your Saturday. I'll be back again tomorrow with yet another episode of Locked on Dolphins. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.